Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Love grape nuts. It is like eating your driveway. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I'm team single with Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Not everything I say is wrong. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. It can be anything, <laughs> but it can't be everything. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. Guys, we're going to start with Mailbag. Mailbag. Michelle wrote in to say, Margaret, you keep trashing my beloved wheat thins on the podcast, and I think you're getting them mixed up with Triscuits, and it's upsetting me, says Michelle. I have to say, she's 1000% correct, and I have been besmirching Triscuits as wheat thins this entire time on the podcast. Probably a lawsuit is pending, but I will say as a codicil, surprise twist, Amy. What? I also hate wheat thins. <laughs> <laughs> what about like chicken in a biscuit? Do you like those? I believe, I don't want to get TMI this early on in the podcast. I believe I once ate a ton of Triscuits and then got really, really sick on a vacation. And so, I mean, sorry, that's wheat thins that I did that with. Obviously, I have a problem. And Triscuits are just like, why would you want to eat tree bark? I don't understand you fundamentally. Wheat thins, they give me that feeling of like, I get like a gaggy, oh my God, feeling when I smell or taste them. Like, I think I had a bad wheat thins experience. He's just blackballed two sponsors now from the podcast. I know. God, I hope Nabisco is not thinking of doing a big buy because we're going to be in trouble. Not anymore. They're not. No. <laughs> but Triscuits and Grape Nuts are two foods where I just want to shake people and be like, this is not food. Like, you could just pick up a rock and be like, this is delicious. Love grape nuts. It is like eating your driveway. Why? <laughs> My college roommate turned me on to them. I don't know. She used to have them in our dorm room. I did used to eat them, but another food, I have a bad habit with foods, music. I always am the person who like, I like this author. I will read everything they ever wrote. Like I go all in and I ruin it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think I had a moment where I was like, grape nuts are delicious. They do give you that weird... Again, like the way TMI, but like they give you that very full feeling, you know, and then you're like, yes, like you can track their travels through your entire digestive system. 
And I don't know. I found that comforting. But now I think of the taste of grape nuts and I want to hurl like I burnt down on them, I think. You know, shockingly, this is not the topic for today's episode. <laughs> I mean, listen, this could be a bonus episode. Meg's thoughts on Triscuits and wheat thins and grape nuts. We could do two hours on it. Ostensibly, what we're here to talk about today is the best advice we'd give our younger selves. Don't eat too many wheat thins. That's where I have to start with, obviously. We went to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast. That's our page. And from there, you can join the group where you can talk to each other and over 4,000 people are. And so we asked that group, if you could go back in time, like time travel and meet your younger self, what would you tell her? And we got some good answers, right? Agree. We got some great answers. Walk us in. Let's start right at the beginning with Stephanie. This was, a, again, as always, many of them were thematic, you know, so we hit on several themes, but this was one of them. There was, was two of them, actually. Stephanie says, lighten up, wear sunscreen. Mm. A lot of don't sweat the small stuff, which is hard advice because you don't really understand it. small stuff. I mean, the podcast is so much about that, right? Like, you just look at people agonizing over the decisions they are making with like three months olds and you just three months olds. You know what I mean? <laughs> Little babies. Babies of three months of age. Babies of three months or younger. And you just want to gently be like, this is all going to be fine. The other night, like a clam bake on a beach kind of thing. It was really fun. And there was a toddler like running around in the sand and mother lovingly documenting her child in like 360, like it was like a Spike Jones film or something. You know what I mean? Like, like mm. galloping around her child, capturing the baby's joy. And my husband was like, first kid much? And I thought, yeah, that's, you know, that is true. I wouldn't tell her not to have that joy. I would tell her you're never going to do anything with all those videos. So maybe be in the moment. Well, I mean, I'm a big fan of, especially at school plays, Rather than involving your iPad, just use the two things in the middle of your head. They're called eyes. Just watch it. Enjoy it. That's right. You are never, no matter how much you don't believe this, you will never watch the fish play from the first grade again. Like, I just can't guarantee you that enough. So just instead of holding an iPad. It's better in your mind's eye. Yeah. And like, please don't hold an iPad up and block my view of my fish. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, put the everybody put the iPads down. I think they have to make a policy around that because you will enjoy it, but no one else will ever enjoy it, including your child. And let me tell you, having just inherited from the family storage units all the videotapes of like my performance in Fiddler on the Roof in the sixth grade. Yeah, nobody wants them ever. Well, they're all in formats we can't watch now anyway. And then as soon as you move it to a new format. Well, and then there's this heaviness to them. Like, do I dare throw out this 40-year-old videotape that someone has preserved all this? Like, it seems hard to throw out just because it's become too heavy. Mm -hmm. Avoid it at all costs. All right, here's one I think I take the other side of, but I want to see what you think. Charmé says she would tell her younger self, choose the specific job you want before getting a degree and volunteer and get internships for that specific job. I have a bachelor's in psychology that I love learning about, but it feels useless now. I think that's okay to major in something that you don't end up doing for your job. This is complicated and there's too many factors to make 
big sweeping generalizations. Like mm-hmm. if you have enough of a cushion where like you don't need money right away, like there's so many factors here. Like, do you need a practical job where like you need to start paying back your loans and supporting your kids right away? Are you single and you can get a cruddy apartment and make that work for a while? Like there's so many factors. Like there's good stuff to like, meandering down the path and discovering yourself, which certainly is the path that I took. But I also understand that like some of that time, that valuable time can feel a little bit wasted later on. It's this is too hard to call. And certainly, right. It's a too expensive to waste. I have a son who right now is choosing his classes for his first semester of college ever. And the classes that he's signing up for, I think he's choosing too heavy a load for himself. And he's like, but I have to get started if I want to have X job in a decade. That means I need to take these classes first semester freshman year. And like, I don't think you do. I think you have to be good at college first semester of freshman year. But I understand this is easy for me to say. College is expensive. It's a huge undertaking. And I understand the feeling, I guess, that you don't want to waste a minute of it. But it's just that kind of overthinking each moment that we were just saying a couple minutes ago you need to ease up on or you wish you could have eased up on. I look back on college now and I feel like I took too light a load, but I had the time of my life. I met my best friends of life, but I look back and I'm like, I was surrounded by some of the greatest minds in the United States of America and I was taking dopey courses and basically drinking a lot. Like I, that kind of bothers me, but at the same time, I don't think I would redo it. You know, I mean... It's hard to have every experience. I say I was recently working on a creative project with a group and people would come to me with notes and I kept saying, it can be anything, but it can't be everything. And Mm. that's the problem. Like, can I go back in time and tell that to my younger self? Say that again so I can take it in. Yeah, it can be anything, (laughs) but it can't be everything. Like, I think that that sometimes this problem, in fact, we got a lot of college advice and I made some notes on it because they were very contradictory. Lindsay says, go to your advisor in college more often so you can get out of there. Go to class. Emily says, ignore the guidance counselors, get creative writing degrees. You know, like, I think that it's easy to say, like, it would have been better like this. It would have been better like that. And I think my advice in this category would be don't lock into a groove too early. Right. And stay open to doorways and pathways. Right. That's what college is about. College is about the doorways and the pathways and the opportunities and the people who are nothing like you. Right. And don't I think don't start locking that down too early. But like I said, that's easy for me to say, you know, when you're like, how am I ever going to pay this off? And I certainly have nieces and nephews who have been extremely directed about what they wanted to do. And like they were straight arrows towards that path from 16, 17, 18 years old. And they're successful and doing well because they applied themselves. And I think I would have looked at that. And because I was so not that kid, I would have been like, but you're going to be miserable because you're over-focused. It's not true. They are focused people and they have enjoyed their focused path, you know? So I think it's always hard to say what's good for other people. But I do think staying light on your feet is a good idea and always saying like not over committing to the path. What do they call that? There's an expression, good money after bad, you know, is the expression, I think. Like uh, lost leaders, they call it. Like never feel like because you've put 
time into it. Oh, you mean the sunk cost fallacy? That's the sunken cost fallacy. Exactly. Like, like, well, I have to major in econ now because I've been taking these classes that I don't love for two years and I can't just switch. That's right. My sister-in-law, who I talk about all the time on the podcast, very successful, went to law school and I think probably about two years in was like, no, don't really like this. Did a couple of different versions of law and really thought it was for her. Got probably a perfect score on her LSATs. I mean, was like a really is a genius level person. And so was good at it. And then went and then thought, well, this isn't quite for me, but then has found herself now as the head of a school. She was on Fresh Take and she's excellent at what she does. It's fine to also like stay light with stuff. And just because you're good at stuff doesn't mean it's your destiny. That's another part of this advice. Mm. I like this one. Rachel says you're focusing on the wrong problems. This is sort of a Slightly different take on what we've been talking about that actually kind of blew my mind. The projected problems you are spending so much time worrying about for the future, she is telling her younger self, those aren't actually the problems you're even going to face. I'm like, oh, that's so right. The time I spent worrying, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? Those didn't. Some other problems did. And my worrying for the wrong problems was not useful preparation, really. No, and I truly believe that this is exponentially true with children. That when you look at your kids, you're like, what I'm worried about is that this kid is clearly going to have this problem. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. You don't understand what's going to come down the path. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of a funny thing I used to really worry about. So I had a child that we decided to hold back for a year, which was if anybody's listening to this and agonizing over that decision right now, just go with your gut. Like the right thing will happen. We decided to hold this child back. And I was very worried that this child, this is like, I'm making this decision. And when this child is, you know, 11, 12, will be towering over their classmates to such an extent that it will be like, you know, written on the classroom walls. I'm way older than everybody else in this classroom. That is not what happened. (laughs) I was very worried that it would. It didn't happen. God, there are just a million. I have an aunt, my Irish aunt, Terry, who's very practical. She's always like, you know, you spend your whole life. Everyone in your family's got a certain kind of cancer. You're convinced you're going to die of this kind of cancer. And then you find an unexploded World War II ordinance in your attic and it blows up in your face. Like it's like she's just always like you're never worried about the right thing. So don't bother. Yeah. Just skip it. I mean, think of the time you could have saved. Too late now. Yeah, it's hard advice because it's where our minds go. But I do, my mom always called it catastrophizing. And I think when you're like, there's a difference between being concerned, you're going to have worries about your kids, you're going to have worries about your marriage, yourself, your life, your job. But when you find yourself like Gollum hunched over stroking the orb of worry, that's when you have to say like, this is, I'm off course. Shelly says, don't be afraid to do things by yourself and get out of your comfort zone. This was not me. She says, as a young adult, I only wanted to, I mean, this is me. Shelly says, as a kid, I often only wanted to do something if I had friends in the class or at the destination, or for me, if I was already good at the activity. Mm. I kick myself for doing that, says Shelly, because now some of the best experiences I've had are where I do something where I don't know anyone and I meet new people, learn new things. Yeah, Shelly, I need a dose of this. I tend to, I look at something new. I'm thinking of an activity that I'm being encouraged to take up right now. I'm like, that just looks like it would take a lot of time. And I don't really want to do that work. Yeah, I want to give it two hours, not 200 hours. But then, you know, in 
Trinidaras, I could play the guitar by then. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm sort of like, eh, that sounds hard. I guess I'll just stay here by myself. Yeah, but I'll tell you, a slight flip side is that I was the person who was like, set a course for adventure. Like, get on the boat, (laughs) see where it takes you. That was always my point of view. And you lived in a van. I lived in a van down by the river. (laughs) I mean, I traveled in a van. I did comedy. I was like, no one tells me what to do. I set my own course. And I had a lot of fun, but I will say when I was 30 and like unemployed and no irons had really lit the fire, I did kind of think it might have been a good idea to like come out to Hollywood at 21 and just start grinding as an assistant and moving up the ladder because those are the people who seem to be doing really well. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. There's always two sides to every piece of advice. So I think part of it is knowing your starting place. Like, I think that we've come to this, right? That like, you are a person who probably maybe needs to take a few more leaps. And I am a person who needs to make a few more plans. So well, the advice is not the same for both of us. That's true. I need less leaping, more planning. And one good thing to do in life is to find a partner who compliments you. Because as Amy says, like, I'm idea canon being like, you know what we could do? You know what we could do? And then Amy's a person with a spreadsheet that's like, that doesn't make any sense. And here's the four reasons why. So <laughs> you need to find a little bit of balance. She's the idea canon. I'm the killer of joy. No, I'm just the like, here's what we can actually accomplish. And here's... You need both things. You need both things. I've learned over time. I'm married to an idea canon and then I work with an idea canon and you have to let the idea canons spot their ideas. You're not actually responsible for executing every idea that they fire. You know, like you can. And you wouldn't want to. God knows. I'm like, Amy, we should buy a pet monkey to be our podcast (laughs) representative. Like, no, that's a bad one. Right. All right. We'll be back with more hopefully good advice after this break. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew and believe it or not, this will be my 13th Nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro aunt at this (laughs) point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360 degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, When you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need. And yes, 
Even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies. And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H-HayaHealth.com slash fresh to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. So here's another one that we got both sides of. Okay. We got Megan saying life is simpler when you're young and complication is hard. It's likely the people you hang out with now will be different than the people you want to develop real relationships with. Don't put too much stock in your current friendships. Then we got a lot of advice from the it gets better side, Shannon saying it's going to get so much better. You're capable. Trust yourself. Because of that, you're going to have a great life. It's going to get so much better. Paula says everything will be okay. Go easy. How do you see those as contradictory? Well, because I think that Megan is sort of saying it's going to get harder and that oh. Shannon and Paula are saying it's going to get easier. Oh, I kind of latched on to what she said about your friends aren't going to be the same, which is true. You know, like you have seasons of love with your friendships and that's okay. Although I do wish if I could go back in time, I would definitely, I was always had a boyfriend kind of girl and I wish I had invested more time in my friendships, particularly female friendships, but just, you know, friendships period, instead of spending 75% of my time with whatever person I was going out with at the time. That's kind of how I did it. Yeah, I'm kind of team single, but it's complicated because you meet people you like and you love and maybe you are planning to get married to them and it doesn't work out. But I'm team single. I feel like you need some time to really figure out who you are. I mean, I think everyone should do what I do, which is stay single for 20 years. Live in a van. (laughs) Travel the country. And then marry a really nice guy who you happened to meet when you were 37 years old. Yeah. But I do realize I played a game of chicken there that worked out in my favor. Shannon says you should enjoy your time alone before marriage and kids. It's the only time you can do and have everything exactly the way you want it. Yep. I think that's probably true, but can't get too set in your ways. No. She also says, be kinder to your mom. She's actually right about so many things, but many you won't realize until she is gone. That's true, Shannon. That's also true. I see it in my kids. Can you tell my kids that, Shannon, that uh, not everything I say is wrong? (laughs) Yeah, Shannon, we need you to make a phone call, okay, to a certain group of teens and tweens that Amy and I happen to know. It's hard to. My mom and I walked through a very hot and deep fire together, and we came out the other side into a relationship that I do not think would have been possible without the fire. And so ah, I think there's room for the crucible. It's interesting. That's what I think. And... I try to remember that for myself because I'm in a smoldering fire with some of my children right now, but I don't, I mean, my mom and I were almost separated for a year or two, mostly my fault because I was a horrible child and an annoying person and I don't know, strident and all the bad things that teenage girls can be. And my mom had very sort of strict boundaries about what she would and wouldn't tolerate. And sounds familiar. Yep. (laughs) Sounds like somebody else I know. Yep. 
<laughs> and so we did have to come through a period where I had some doubts about whether or not we would have a relationship going forward. And then once we came through that, basically, I got out of the house. I got out of college. We were out of each other's immediate faces. And we became close in a way that like, I would have never dreamed was possible on the other side of it. And I think that it came through the fire. Mm -hmm. So I don't really regret that. Listen, if my mom had suddenly passed away during that time where we weren't speaking, I would have had regrets about it. But like, life doesn't work that way, you know? You can't just be nice because something bad would happen, you know? You have to get through the fire sometimes. There was a lot of advice about spending time with grandparents, Laura says. Spend more time with grandparents. Don't be so self-involved. And I had the gift of during college, I'm trying to impart this to my kids now. And again, I don't know if you can learn this stuff without living this stuff. I had to do a paper. It was for a women's studies class in college. And we had to study. The point of the thing was take a very typical person's life and really do a close examination and show how that life is worthy of study, because that was sort of the point of women's studies. Like, meanwhile, all these women were doing all these other things that, that aren't in books. So I did my own grandmother. And I, you know, through that paper, it totally telescoped my, you know, perspective of her as a young person from, you know, the nice lady that I used to watch the Miss America pageants with and, you know, who said tweet, tweet all the time. I mean, she was my loving grandmother, right? She just was like a fount of goodness that was there for me when I came home from college. And then through this paper, I realized that this person had had this whole life, all this experience, all this struggle and strife and triumph that I just didn't even see. And I want my kids to see that and their grandparents and their loved ones and not just be like, oh, here's the nice lady who gives me ice cream. But I don't know if that, if that epiphany can be forced on somebody of a young age. Probably not. But I do think it's worthwhile just the value of like spending time together and being like we help each other. I mean, it's practicing values. And we talk a lot about this. It's the difference between saying like family is so important and like, hey, we stop and go help this person when they need it. And like, go spend a week at your grandmother's on spring break during college and you know, you guys all have a completely different relationship than you do when it's 20 of us and you just give her a kiss and then go play with your cousins. I think it's worth putting that stuff in people's paths because we all, if we are lucky and live long enough, our parents transform into like the cardboard cutouts that were put on earth to serve us in our every need. Right. Into like real people who we can get to know. And that's a very magical thing that happens, but you have to stay in it long enough to make it happen. And I think when it's your grandparents, I mean, I could learn the stuff about my grandmother. She was, you know, a single parent. She had two jobs as a woman in the 1950s, like the kind of jobs she could get like, weren't that great, you know, but she worked so hard. And I think sometimes it's almost safer. Like we don't want to see our parents as whole people. We want to see them as, you know, there to serve us, as you say, until a pretty old age, probably. But it's safe to realize that your grandparents are whole people, maybe at an earlier phase in your life. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think it's worth really trying to put it in your kid's path. We have some don'ts. Let's do a, what do you call it? A lightning round of don'ts. Okay. Kristen, don't drink too much. Agree. Don't worry about what other people think. You know, okay. okay. <laughs> no arguments here. Everyone wants you to wear sunscreen. Don't not wear sunscreen. Courtney and a lot of people don't put a lot of stuff on credit cards that you don't need. I agree. You were probably a more cautious spender. I was always a wild <laughs> spender. I like spending money, but I've gotten so much better now, but I do look back at it just all the junk. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I didn't really spend money that I didn't have. And I think it's because I had a job from a pretty young age. And you know what? I'm the daughter of a CPA. So I like paid my bill in full every month. Like it never, the magical unlimited sense of a credit card was never really true for me, which was probably a good thing. I probably got some good financial literacy for my parents. Yeah. Talk to your kids about credit cards before they go to college. That's my advice. Right. It's not actually free. Christina, don't buy so many toys. It's just a mess. You'll have to clean up yourself. Oh, friends, heed this warning and advice. I'm just in a phase. I'm always in this phase because I cannot stand to be surrounded by stuff where I'm just like, must get rid of the toys. And I mean, uh, don't buy toys. Don't buy toys. Rotate six good toys. Any? No, I mean, have like a good pile of blocks, but... Outside is toys, you know? I mean, I just think the toys... I look back now at, you know, the baby set where it's like, you've got to have the play mat and the, the, it's like, you don't need any of that stuff. There's so little of that stuff that you need. Mm-hmm. Thousand year rule. If people have been using it for a thousand years, you need it. So you need a swaddle, you know? But you don't need the six million like bouncer things. Here's a good don't. Jennifer says, don't be resentful. Resentment is a poison you feed yourself. Stop letting people walk all over you and then biting your tongue about it. Stop worrying about what they think and figure out what you think. Yeah, it's very good advice. I'm pretty good at resentment. Very watch your story, too. And it's really hard. This is something I still struggle with, you know. And I was talking to my husband about an example of something last night about, I'll use the example that comes up all the time on our Facebook page, babies and children being invited to weddings. So whenever this comes up on our Facebook group, there are two types of people. People who think that people who do not invite children to weddings are monsters and people who think that people who bring children to weddings are monsters or ask to bring children to weddings. Okay, so wait, this is you're saying that people who ask to bring their children who clearly weren't invited are monsters. There are people who think that child-free weddings are only thrown by awful people. And then there are people who just don't understand that you would ever want children at a wedding. It's up to the bride and groom, right? I mean, you, did you have your nieces and nephews at your wedding? A hundred percent. No, I had a hundred and twenty-five person wedding. And if I had invited my nieces and all the kids in the family, I would have had a 350 person wedding, you know? So like my brother just got married, but he's the youngest of a big family. And so all the nieces and nephews were all in the wedding. But that's like... Kids are an important part of his life. I mean, it's up to the bride and groom. But put, leaving that aside, you're saying you people who think that kids should be invited when they weren't. What I'm saying is that people layer in to their perceptions about things, how they understand things should be, a morality that is not always attached to it. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying about resentments. That like, you don't spend enough time with my children because you hate me. And often the story is, you don't spend enough time with my children because you're old and you don't like to travel and you think you see them a lot already, you know? Yeah. My husband leaves his boxer shorts on the floor of the bathroom in order to show that he does not value any of my work around the house, you know? But he doesn't. He just leaves them there because he's lazy and that's what he's always done. And I just think that this idea of resentment and watching your story is so important in terms of like when you layer agenda onto other people's dopey behavior, it's a path to unhappiness. Agreed. Hard, hard. But that is advice that like I feel like we could solve a third of the problems of the entire world if we could stop doing that one thing, which is this person is doing something for a reason. But the reason you're filling in 
They've never even thought about that. Right, right. They've never thought about that. All right. Back with more best advice when we come back. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And now, advice we definitely should not have listened to. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Oh my God, if you cover yourself completely in baby oil and then point a reflector towards your face, you will get the best tan. Just sleep when the baby sleeps. No problem. You should take the toddlers camping. That'd be fun. Are you kidding me? No, you will never regret that tattoo of your college boyfriend's name. You have to get it. It's so romantic. You should have another baby to keep the first baby company. OMG, you should totally go hit on that guy. I mean, I know he has no job and no plans, and he's like already dated every girl in this bar, but he has the cutest Irish accent. Just because I've never had kids doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to everything I have to say about how to raise yours. Enjoy every moment, Mama. You'll never have these precious times again with your three kids melting down in a grocery store while one of them vomits. This has been advice we definitely should not have listened to from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Amy, Elena says it's okay to quit things. My mom meant well when she wouldn't let us quit activities, but then I ended up doing things for years that weren't quite right for me. It was only in my late 20s that I found my way to interests that make sense for me and truly bring me joy. I like this. Yeah. And this is a tough one. We actually did an episode on you should let your kids quit. And as a parent of three teenagers, I've worked through this many times. And you know what? There were some times that I needed to encourage them to keep going. And there were some times I probably could have let them quit. So let them have some. They can't quit everything, but they can quit something. 
we're going through this. So my kids are just like heading into middle school and it's banned. And so where I've come out on this is you can change instruments, but you can't quit the band. So it's like, okay, you didn't like the trumpet, which I understand the trumpet seems very annoying to me. Like all that mouth blowing, it seems like a lot of work. Well, it's hard to get good at, right? It's that yeah. thing like you can't just pick up the trumpet and be good at it. But I can also see, I have a kid who gets migraines and I'm like, I don't think the trumpet is right for you. All that blowing, you know, it doesn't, and a loud noise right next to your face. It doesn't seem, so he's going to try the drums, which is also loud, but you know. <laughs> he can wear headphones. Yeah. So... I've tried to let that kind of be the thing of, you know, and I don't know, I complete. I was the third child and I never got music lessons because I was the third and forgotten child. And when I was then moving into like theater and musical theater, I was like, oh, if I played an instrument, my life would be so much better. But and I yelled at my mom a couple of times about it. But oh, well, too bad. So sad. Kylie says you should always know your value. I mean, I'm hearing that a lot. What is that? mean? I think I knew my value. I'm not sure what it means to not. Is that dating the wrong people? No. I mean, yes, it's dating the wrong people. It's putting yourself in bad situations. But I also think Amy and I are in a little like women's group that meets once a year. And one of the topics that always comes up is like, set your prices twice as high as you think. I find myself... I want to be nice and I want to be perceived as being nice. You know, it's important to me. Right. The most likable person we interviewed for the job, even if you didn't get it. And God forbid, like, I don't want to interview anyone for a job because like, I want to give it to everybody because I want to be nice. You know, like I, <laughs> I don't have a head for business in that way, but I find I have to put on almost a persona sometimes because I know talking to my husband, Amy's husband, they don't sit around a lot worrying like, well, what did the person who asked for a raise and didn't get it feel like? And they're both nice people. Yeah. My spouse would say that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, that that's part of what will make you a leader. Like you have to be able to have the uncomfortable conversations. The people who can't don't advance as determinedly as the people who do. Not like I don't care if I hurt people's feelings, just that I will sit with this. I will be uncomfortable and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to let this person down. I'm going to say no, whatever it is. I think there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. And I think that like the way I do it might not be the same as the way like a guy with a high powered corporate job would do it. And that's fine, too. Like my approach might be different. But I think that, you know, in, in times where I've been asked, I am such an old lady because I lecture my babysitters about this all the time. I always ask my babysitters, what do you pay? And they always say, because they're teenage girls, whatever you feel comfortable with. Oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, listen, we're going to do this together. You and me. Your rate for babysitting is $15 an hour. And then you add $5 for each kid or whatever. Like, let's work it out together because you need to know what the value of your work is. You're working, you know, and I'm sure half of them are like, okay, that lady's crazy. But I do think it's important as a woman to be able to say, this is what I'm worth. And this is what you're going to pay me because I'm good at what I do. And it is important to know your value. I was just actually thinking, you know, sitting here like, oh, wow, I really wish I met that mom, you, when I was a high school babysitter. No, nobody ever taught me how to negotiate for what I need or what I want or getting more. And I hate those wishy-washy, you know, tipping camp counselors at the end of the summer. It's completely up to you. It's up to your discretion. I hate that stuff. Like, just tell me what the expectations are. And yet I have trouble stating those expectations clearly for myself sometimes. Yeah, it's hard. I think it's very, very hard. But I, man, I've been to so many like women's conferences and women, you know, we work in specific kind of business where there's a lot of like women entrepreneurs. And the one thing I always hear is like, you know, you do a bid and 
every male, if you were able to see the bids that go in, what you were going to charge, let's say, to like write an article versus what three men were going to write, their rate is going to be three times yours because you're just like, well, you know, got to be bold. And what was that study that a man will apply for a job if they have 50% of the qualifications, but a woman will hold back her application unless she has like 98% of the qualifications? I think it's like you've got to, that's something that has really come to me as an older person. And I do try to be the old lady who tells people that is like, you don't get anywhere by being like, I don't know. I'm not that Whatever good. you think. You've got to lead with like, here's what I'm good at. Here are my strengths. Here's what I need. And listen, are there going to be people who are like, I don't like that kind of woman. I like a meek and mild type of woman. There are. Believe me. <laughs> but it's worth doing. Let's hit weight because we talk about it all the time, but all these people agree. Erin, Erica, and Deborah, appreciate your body now and stop being so hard on yourself. Can I please go back to college and tell her that my body was amazing and 130 pounds is not fat? <laughs> and then here is Erin saying, you look beautiful. She's talking to her younger self. It was such a vast waste of energy thinking I was fat at 130 pounds. This was the theme. This is two different people. But I don't care what you weigh, but the time to let go of worrying about what you weigh is today. Today is the day. Mm-hmm. Right this minute. There's a lot of places online that you can find. I really like, we had Myrna Valerio on the show as a fresh take, and she runs a Facebook group called Fat Girl Running, and it's about fitness at any size. She always says, you don't have to be fat to join. You have to be a runner to join. But it's just a lot of people talking about this journey towards really accepting their bodies, getting in the picture. And it is something, I mean, I've said it before. I've really gotten into it. I'm running around in a suit. I'm as heavy as I've ever been. It is what it is. I'm going down the water slides with my kids. I'm not spending any more time on this. Just free yourself from it. And guess what? No one's looking at me and being like, what does she think she's doing? They're like, oh, she seems like she's having fun with her kid. I'm sure you've seen this a hundred times on Facebook as I have about like getting in the picture, even if you're in your bathing suit, even if you're like, oh, I don't look good in these shorts, whatever it is, like get in the picture, show up. And again, it's also standing up for what you need. I'm not in any of my pictures because I take all the pictures, right? And so you have to show up and be like, you hold right. the phone, get me and the kids coming down the water slide. Slow-mo video that I'll never do anything with, but I want it because I want to be in one for a change. Yeah. Oh, and then I yell at my husband for 10 hours because he takes such <laughs> terrible pictures. I'm always like, did you know you can look at it on the screen? And if it's not good, if somebody's eyes are closed, you can take another one or just take a bunch. No, impossible. I'll just take one. And yeah, and I have the like, it looks like a joke, like my face in the picture. <laughs> the other side of this, which is something we talk about all the time, I always say the greatest advice I ever got was my ex-boyfriend saying, you would be so much more relaxed if you realized how rarely anyone else ever thought about you. Mm -hmm. Julie says, no one is thinking about you. Looking at what you're wearing, your hairstyle, they're busy obsessing about themselves. Tiffany, don't care so much about other people's opinions. Melanie, no one actually cares how you dress or what you look like. Like, man, this is a truth that I wish I could implant in the brands of young women. And it's fun to look fun. It's fun to look good. It's fun to dress up. It doesn't mean that you have to like just wear sweatpants and no bra anywhere. And if you put mascara on, you're a loser. Look however you want, but don't think about what other people are thinking about you. They're not. 
I saw Gloria Steinem speak a couple years ago, and she got talking about, it sort of reset my ideas about a lot of stuff, that she was talking about some tribe in Africa that goes down to the river every morning, and they just decorate themselves, right? They just put, I'm going to put some mud here today, I'm going to do this, I'm going to like, they just decorate themselves. And I think that's all any of us do, we decorate ourselves. If we have, you know, piercings or tattoos or this or that, or we wear short skirts or long skirts or cover our arms, or we don't, we're just decorating ourselves, it's all just decoration. And I have become much more open-minded as an old person about like what you should wear or look like, what's appropriate, what's not, you know, should you have a tattoo on your hand if you're going to apply it for an office job? Who cares? It's just decorating yourself. Yeah. And fundamentally, I mean, I think of all the time I spent putting outfits together was like, I have to not show that one little roll by my, it's like, oh God. Now I'm like, all right, rolls are us. Here we come, people. Like, <clears throat> it just doesn't matter. But it, it's very... It's hard. I know it's a hard one, but <laughs> it's a good thing to model for your kids, though. It's such a good thing to model for your kids, which is like, I don't talk about my weight. I don't talk about what I look like. And I don't talk about what other people look like. And that's a big one. Oh, I do get a little frustrated at the world when it's like, why do women worry about this? Why do women care about this? Like, because we're told to, right? Like, my husband doesn't right. care. Actually, my husband does care about what he looks like. But the messages that he is not enough as he is are not coming at him 10,000 times a day every time he walks down the street. That's right. Like, we're getting these messages. We have to build up a resistance to them. We have to do our best. But you're not like a bad person if you feel bad about how you look with the roll and the skirt, right? Like, that's the world has made you that way. And it's hard work to fight against it. But it's worth it. Absolutely. But I was at the uh, beach this weekend and I definitely noticed people come in all shapes and sizes. And if I had been sitting there growing up, a lot of my family members would have been like, oh, look at this one over here to like a person, like a heavier person wearing a skimpier bathing suit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm glad we're not doing that anymore. Really glad we're not doing that anymore. You're right. And friends, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> Michelle says... Never miss a good chance to shut up. You'll regret the things you say more than the things you don't say. I'm not sure I agree with this, at least not for myself, but I like this advice. I find it. This is more advice for me than you because I am a talk first, listen last person. And you're probably a listen first, talk last person. Wait my turn. Right. I need this advice. I like to be the provider of information. I like to be the, I know that one. Let me offer it. I'm a mansplainer, basically, and I need to... This is advice for me. Let's wrap with maybe the most important advice we received on this list, Amy, and so much we didn't even get to, but Jana simply says, don't leave the permanent markers in the low drawer. I mean, I think that's where we end this thing, Amy. I mean, Jana's got it right there. Don't leave the permanent markers in the low drawer. Where are you in 2005? I have a couch that uh, <laughs> never recovered. Yeah. And by the way, no matter how many times you get this advice, you will lose track of a Sharpie and it will ruin item of furniture and we will not judge you for it. We love you anyway, guys. I love Sharpies. I mean, I love them so much, but yeah, sometimes I wonder why I have them in my house. They're so dangerous, right? It's like a, a fire in your house, having a Sharpie in the kitchen, even with the cap on. You never know what's going to happen. It's bad. Oh, the Sharpie. My um, daughter drew what can only be described as a Hitler mustache on her face with a Sharpie like the day before kindergarten started. And it was oh it was a long God. night with uh, 
makeup remover and some nail polish remover trying to get that bad boy off. Did any of it work? Tell us all. Did you have any hacks for removing Sharpie? I mean, it was definitely looked like a bruise and I had to send her a note that was like she has not been punched, but she did draw a short brushy mustache on with black Sharpie. I enjoyed this one. This gave me a chance to consider myself. This was fun. So much good advice. I have so much more to say about Triscuits, Amy. But at some point, all good things must come to an end. And so must this episode. Friends, we need a little help from you. Apple Podcasts, for reasons we will never understand, has changed the way that subscriptions work. And you have to go back and re-download our podcast. So please make sure you're subscribed. Let a friend know to subscribe and help a podcast out and help us reach even more listeners and we would so appreciate it until then have a great week and we will talk to you next time we'll talk to you next week When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.